0: Soft Connection. It is Friday, the last Friday of 2021. You know what that means. It's time for episode nine of You Know What That Means, the AEW podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Duncan, coming to you live with COVID-19 and my co-host, COVID-19 negative, Andrew Reish. Andrew, how does it feel to be the negative one for once?
1: <laughs> I'm always negative. You can ask my wife. Listen, I've I thought been... you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say your co-host was COVID-19. <laughs> well, COVID nineteen. The actual now. L- let me say, has COVID nineteen given an exclusive interview yet? Uh, COVID nineteen is all elite. <laughs> <laughs> Where who's gonna get the shoot interview? Is it gonna be kayfabe Is it gonna be Rob Feinstein? Right. Is it gonna be uh is it gonna be Chris Van Vliet? Who gets is it gonna be talk as Jericho? I mean everybody goes, I don't know if you probably know this already. Everybody who goes to AEW or leaves WWE immediately does an interview like a podcast with Chris Jericho, except for Punk. Yeah. Punk's the only one who hasn't.
0: There is um, a there is a joke to be made that Rob Feinstein wouldn't be interested in interviewing anything except for COVID eighteen and lower. So. <laughs> so i think i'm safe there
1: uh so you do have the uh, the the um the omnicon yeah
0: I, I i assume like i read my results and i'm like it doesn't tell you on your results like what variant you have i think they just send that for sequencing to track so i just assume i do because all the stuff i've read about it you know how it's a little less uh severe Uh, But more contagious. It all tracks with what I've gotten. Like a lot of people in my life have it. Like my my youngest son has it right now. A lot of our friends have it. Um, One of our closest friends, she has it. So it tracks everything I've read between Delta versus Omnicron or Omicron. It sounds like that's yeah. the one I got, which... Con-
1: uh, Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. It sounds like a Transformers. Optim- Optimus Prime. I don't know what I got.
1: So. <laughs> uh, I think we're at the point of the feud between COVID-19 and humans, yeah. where we're almost at that point, or maybe like the third installment of a film series, where you're like, you dislike each other, but you respect each other. Right. <laughs>
0: right. Where it's hope- like,
1: you know you've given me so much hell i've tried to get rid of you i just can't get rid of you do you want to be friends (laughs) (laughs) that's that's almost where we're at as a
0: nation the scary thing though you mentioned the third part of a film series now quick spoiler uh for spider-man no way home because in the third part of that film series um spoiler 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 other spider-mans show up so if these other variants come back of covid and all three of them show up at once that can be uh not so much fun
1: we can we see all the different versions of chris jericho yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: right.
1: that's how he did his first entrance in aew remember when he did that one where um they had the like the posers doing like the evolution of jericho before yep. he came out and just judas entrance so yeah. uh yeah i i i don't know it's 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 different this time for sure with omicron it's obviously the most transmissible we're having worldwide records um or or like world records in terms of daily cases it's definitely not as severe as the other ones but i i don't think it's anybody's right to know whether or not any of the wrestlers are vaccinated or if there's even vaccine mandate policies within the wwe or AEW or uh, any of the other major promotions um But it seems like it hasn't affected the flow of the programs as much. The only thing I could see, Jordan, where it could really hurt is that a lot of these major programs are later in the week now versus Mondays. Mm -hmm. So um, Raw is still obviously on Monday nights, but you got SmackDown on Friday, you got Dynamite on Wednesday Live, and you got Rampage. So you do want to be careful because if you have a pay-per-view right off of the cusp of smackdown or dynamite and you have a positive test that knocks out a star wrestler or star performer for the pay-per-view and yep. i can already see that a little bit with day one where a lot of these uh big superstars for wwe were basically like put on load management yeah where they were like you know what take it easy merry christmas come back for the pay-per-view make sure you don't get a positive test and then there are some rumors that is not even testing anymore i don't want to get into all that stuff right. we have other
0: podcasts i, I think wwe is cool. going to kind of get the 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 bad faith response from the general fan base no matter what they do you know right. like I, i'm all for knocking some wwe but at the same time like i think one thing they do do pretty well is take care of their guys behind the scenes when they need help um so I'm not gonna be one to rush to the judgment and say they don't test people or don't care like I, I saw Seth Rollins, Becky, who else got pulled because- Well
1: Roman obviously has his 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 condition. Yeah. He had recovered from leukemia. Yeah. So remember he had that brawl with I I, I don't even remember who it was, but he wore a mask when he wound, went out in the crowd mm. because he you know, you don't wanna he doesn't wanna get the virus. You know, so um because it would be bad for him because of his condition regardless of how good he looks you know anybody could uh, anybody can have a compromised immune system and you don't even know it yep so there's always that danger factor with some with some wrestlers but most re- most wrestlers and most younger people are in pretty uh, you know they're in a condition where they can bounce back pretty easily from this but for most shows it's a week it's a one week break and now they've shortened the quarantine according to CDC guidelines from 10 day quarantine to 5 day quarantine so if you do the math yeah. you wait out 5 out, five days by day 6 and day 7 going to the next show you're back up and running it's almost like you didn't skip a beat um, but yeah i can see a little bit of that parcelling out where you don't see the same like the same names every single week because they someone may have had a positive test john moxley had to miss um a a title match that they had advertised with i think i think it was uh brian cage because um renee young got COVID, Mm. so he couldn't um he couldn't go that was in the that was the one where taz on AEW said uh made the claim that john john that renee young's company runs a sloppy shop i don't know if you remember (laughs) that
0: kind of this sort (laughs) of rings a bell you know the, the the name that comes to mind for me is keith lee um because it kind of came out months after that Keith Lee was battling COVID, really this time last year, like January, almost a full year ago. And, you know, Keith Lee, he's a bigger guy, but he's still in great shape. He's probably in better shape than both of us combined. And he, right. struck, he struggled his way through COVID. And it didn't just, like, knock him out for a week or so. But then he kind of had some of those long-term effects in terms of regaining his uh, stamina and things like that. So I'm
1: sure that's happened with football players. Exactly. Exactly. It happened with Joel Embiid. Yeah. Joel Embiid struggled with it. Uh, Evan Fournier, I don't know if you know Evan Fournier, mm-hmm. he got traded to the Celtics. He could not make a shot for like a month.
0: There is a. You know? I remember reading a report, and I can't think of who it was now, but there was a football player who just came back from COVID this past week, and he just looked really sluggish. It was a wide receiver. I can't think of who it was. But it was a, okay. kind of a, a top-tier player who came back from the COVID uh, time off, and he just didn't look that good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think
1: we – and, and you know, because of these different leagues, they have their own iterations of it, and for the NBA, which is like my Jones other than AEW, is the health and safety protocol. But what does that mean? Were right. you a close contact? Uh, if it's close contact, then literally the WWE would literally have to shut down everybody every week. Oh, yeah. Because if you have a positive test, everyone's in the locker room, except for maybe Nick Khan. Nick Khan doesn't uh, – Nick Khan doesn't actually travel with anybody. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just watches, he watches just, it like, um, just he picture watches him. it from like a uh, Xanadu skybox. I was going to say, yeah. he
0: pick, I picture him hovering over the arena in a blimp at all times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hey, look president president of WWE probably going to run the place once Vince steps away right. let's be real but um but no yeah everybody reacts to it differently it's all over the nation i just don't envision too much of a change in to kind of make it relevant to what we're talking about with AEW i don't see too much of a change coming down the pipeline i definitely don't see daily's place quarantine shows i i see I see business as usual, maybe smaller crowds, depending on the state's regulations, if they cut out, cut down the capacity. I just don't really see much change coming down the pipeline that that reflects Omicron.
0: Something that wrestling could do versus the pro sports is wrestling could kind of change their touring to maybe like, okay, if Raw's in Detroit, for example, tonight, uh, then Raw could be in Toledo tomorrow and basically just kind of come up with a touring schedule where the wrestlers can drive versus flying because if you keep them out of airports, that's a lot of that's people That's what's happening
1: in the NBA. Yeah. The NBA is playing back-to-backs where they used to do home-and-homes where, like, for example, the Pistons would play the, like the, Bulls. Uh, the Bulls. Well, they would do one where the Pistons play in Detroit, then yep. they go to Chicago. Now they have one where the Bulls play Detroit two, two times in a row. Mm. and it's to limit travel yeah so so you're seeing that a little bit the nfl doesn't care i mean let's be real <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they just want to make money just do not cancel the games that's and, all and about.
0: in the nfl's defense they're a week two weeks away from their playoffs too you know so they're probably like look we're just gonna push through this whereas it's the NBA's not even about, at, the, at the all-star break so
1: it's funny you mentioned that about detroit that's a good point um wwe had a house show there and they sold really well yeah just like, a couple they, days ago they had a really nice turnout they went to they went back to Madison Square garden now, let's be real, they just had a smackdown there in September, so it's a kind of crowd where you need to kind of temper you need to like kind of build up the anticipation they had just been there and they usually don't do the garden only once I want to say they do it maybe once a year. So they came back two months or three months after doing a, a SmackDown there, and it was a house show or a live show, and they got nothing. Like, it was like less than 7,000 people. which is really really bad so you're kind of trying to figure out I, i i think wwe with the live event circuit like you're saying they're also figuring out you know what there are only certain cities where we can really get a really nice crowd aew has already figured that out yeah you know where they kind of punted on the gulf coast in the early part of 2022 in favor of doing the east coast um because that's where the ticket sales are. They want big crowds for their first few shows on TBS, which we're going to jump into for this show. So I kind of understand that they you want full houses. Like I I, I totally get that. You know, mm-hmm. variety in terms of like expanding and everything. I don't think they really care about that. I just think they want full houses.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean that's what drives business. So it's kind of a tough situation to be. in. I don't envy any of these guys who have to make these decisions. So. Um, but we don't have to make the decision. We just get to talk about what they do, uh, in hindsight, And second guess every single thing that they exactly. did. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> From our living rooms and our bedrooms. So, uh, right. but yeah, uh, so Andrew, as the day this drops is, uh, I believe new year's Eve, Uh, I figured we could not reinvent the wheel and do uh, the same New Year's Eve show or end end of year show that so many other podcasts and wrestling publications are doing. Where's Ryan Seatress? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Call him. (laughs) Get him in here, you know. Um, But yeah, we just thought tonight, you know, normally... By the way, if this is your first episode listening, uh, thanks for joining us. We're a bi-weekly show. Uh, We do two times a month. We hit you with uh, AEW results and our thoughts and things like that. But tonight, since the end of the year... I figured we'd go back and uh, do some year-end awards. Now, we've kind of been doing this show since the end of August, right before All Out was our first episode. Um, But our awards span all of 2021 because before you and I got together and started recording, we were watching AAW through most of the year. I wasn't as religious throughout the early stages of 2021 as I am now. I don't miss an episode. But uh, we came up with some simple year-end awards. Uh, We'll kind of each give our winner and discuss it, and I think it could be a fun little show. What do you think?
1: Absolutely, yeah. AEW existed before we started the show. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I really do think like our timing was. We came in right at right at its hottest. You know, like right. It at was about of- a month after
1: they went back to live bands. Yep. and you know, people were kind of hot about SummerSlam and what they were gonna do with. Uh, with CM, you know CM Punk, as the rumors had already started to quell that he was coming in and that right. Danielson was coming in. All that came true, and yeah, we we started the show right on the lip of all that, and it was pretty, pretty perfect. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, so let's talk about this. Okay, we've got a, a bunch of different awards we want to hand out. Uh, I think one of the funnest ones we could do because I like you, I, I see you wrote your uh, winners into the notes. I have mine in a notepad on my phone. We came up with our, our choices for the best feud of the year, and I like your pick. So, Andrew, tell us what you think is the feud of the year for AEW.
1: This is kind of a cheat because I feel like <laughs> it's not like a. Re- it's more figurative. It's Cody Rhodes versus the fans. Like I, <laughs> and the thing I like about the rivalry is that it's not over. Like this could oh, probably no, be no. the this could be the feud of the year in 2022, yeah. maybe 2023. Who knows? God, but um. I don't know when it started, and I don't know what the trigger was. I I guess it had something to do with. Do you remember he did that really weird promo when he was feuding with Anthony? Now to kind of backtrack, we'll be talking
0: rant. about that later on in the show, just to give a little hint okay. of some of my awards. So I'll
1: skip that. I'll <laughs> skip that part and let you have that. Okay. But um, he had a match with Anthony Agogo, who was a part member of QT Marshall's Nightmare Factory, which. When QT turned on Cody, became the factory, and Anthony Ogogo wrestled Cody Rhodes at double or nothing, and it was just like – it was so bad, and they were trying to portray Cody, and they were trying to recycle the same gimmick that they had already done where Cody feuds with somebody who gets yeah. the leg up on him, and, oh, how is he going to overcome the odds, and Cody overcomes the odds. <laughs> like Yeah. But, the thing about cody is that he's he is a giving wrestler he's he's dropped the title to Brody lee and then he dropped it right after that to darby allen yep. so he's he's taken losses he's been able to put people over there's just something with the aw fan base where they feel like they they see it behind the curtain and they see the transparency of oh you're just trying to get cody rhodes over even though he's not as deserving as these other guys because they're better workers than him yeah And I feel like that 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 toxic I don't I don't want to say like the fans are wrong when I say this, but it does have a toxicity to it where once the well is poisoned, the fans start to turn and fans turn organically. And they all turn in unison. And that's pretty much what's happened to Cody. He starts with Malachi Black when they have the second match, which we talked about when we recapped it on Grand Slam. The fans completely turned on Cody Rhodes to the point where you would have been an idiot to have Cody win that match over Malachi and have him get booed out of the building. The thing is, though, I, I don't know if Cody and Tony Khan and the people involved in AEW Creative... I don't know if it's something that they're leaning into because they organically felt into this or it was planned all along. I don't think it was planned all along.
0: but Yeah, no, I don't either.
1: It's the kind of rivalry where you need effort from both sides,
0: mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And it's a tough spot because I think when they see like, oh, Cody gets crazy reactions, so we've got to do something with him, like – do you, though? Like, could could you just cool Cody off and leave him off TV for a while? I don't think that would hurt that much, you know?
1: And uh, here's the sad part. They've done that. Yeah. He comes back, and they hate him even more. Right.
0: <laughs> it's not working. Right. But, yeah, that's that's a good feud because it's a feud that, like... <sighs> Cody's given promos and stuff, and he kind of gives promos and rings, saying like he doesn't mind getting booze. He's gonna keep, but it really feels like he does mind that he's getting booed. You know, like it yeah, feels like it really, really bothers him. And I like, feel
1: like it's the fans as a as a fan base when I named it because uh, I I wanted to be more contrarian for some of these picks, but I like this one is because they haven't <clears throat> AW in terms of the way that they booked out Cody Rhodes. Number one, he's not being portrayed as a heel, which drives the fans even crazier. Yeah. You know, the fact that, oh, you're going to just keep chugging this guy along until he gets go away heat. Um, But you can also transfer that into something palpable, something that people actually want to see because they want to watch Cody get his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, But somehow, like, like, I'm pretty sure people tuned in to watch him wrestle Sammy Guevara because not only did he have a really good chance of winning the TNT title – because of the fact that he's won it twice before that, but people really wanted to see him lose. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and when he didn't, I think it pissed a lot of people off. But I I, I don't think it's the kind of like go-away heat, or what they called the X-Pac heat, where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they're going... I'm going to change the channel, because I yeah. just can't stand this guy. I think people are, are tuning into the whole phenomenon behind it. Yep. Um, I, just w- I just wish that they get to a point with that saga where they actually find someone an actual wrestler or an actual figure co- like
0: a conclusion yeah like some yeah, sort of conclusion to come
1: in and really give cody the real talk and say yeah the fans don't want you yeah. like that's and then he turns heel on him yeah and that's when it really gets fun but that's the blow-off that's what you said that's the conclusion mm. we don't want to get there yet we are here for the ride Yeah,
0: yeah uh speaking of being here for the ride my pick for feud of the year is uh hangman page versus kenny omega um and we'll talk a little bit more about that in one of my other awards but i just think it was such a i mean this this feud isn't even really a 2021 feud that goes back to gosh when did they meet was it revolution 2020 where they had that really really awesome match um the tag match yeah yeah uh yes. and then their singles match that was early this year correct was that february that was
1: School gear 2020 in late 2020
0: yeah. Okay. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. So I mean, this feud's been kind of like, it, it almost feels like a cheat to call it feud of the year for 2021 because it's it's kind of been going for significantly longer than. But that. the
1: but crescendo I, was in yeah, 2020. The
0: finale, like the feud finished and it's closed. Next chapter for each guy. Uh, Hangman first, Kenny, and I, I picked it because they they hit a home run with it, you know, like, every beat was perfect, the only thing that I think people weren't happy about was Hangman taking that time off, but that ended up being a blessing in disguise, because his win wasn't overshadowed by Punk's debut, or Brian's debut, or Cole's debut, <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it would have been hard to, yeah,
1: it would, that would have taken a lot of the air out of the balloon, exactly,
0: right? so like, I mean, I don't know if that was something that they worked out themselves, or if that was just an hap, a happy accident, but... You know, even that, like where, you know, what could have been a pitfall ended up being totally fine. Uh, Just a great feud. You know, Uh, I think both guys played their part really well. Hangman as the babyface who had to kind of believe in himself. Kenny as the arrogant heel uh, who really just dismissed his former partner. And uh, I don't want to say he... overlooked him because that the match when they finally got to it Kenny gave him everything he had and just couldn't beat him you know uh, I thought it was a great feud Uh, I'm not even talking about the the uh, Dark Order's involvement, you know, was Hangman finally finds some people who have his back that he can trust, that he doesn't have yeah, to. Yeah, because
1: the the stable wars. That's yep. why we could probably go through a lot of feuds because a lot of them are all kind of interstitial with like different stables. You know, Dark Order versus. Uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Christian and the Jer- Jurassic Express versus the Elite. I thought that was oh yeah, it was yeah. Pac Man had a fun one for a little while yep. with that. Culminated in, in, in a really awesome match on Rampage, Doctor Britt Baker and Under Rosa. There's a there were a lot of good candidates. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't really I know just, that it's much. Mine, of a, I just
0: to, I don't know that it's much of a feud, but it, the the Lucha Brothers and, and the Bucks, um, I thought that was really good mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, there's a lot, um, a lot of good feuds. Um, but I, I did like your choice of Cody versus the fans. So I thought it'd be fun to start with that one. Uh, we also have best angle of the year. Uh, Best storyline, best, you know, maybe it's a one-time angle or a multi-time story. What'd you pick there, Andrew? Uh,
1: Brian Danielson challenges Kenny Omega. The dream match. Yeah. Like, I I, I know people are looking at this and they're rolling their eyes like, "Uh, dream match. (laughs) (laughs) Only a million and a half people saw it. It's like, yeah, but... This was the. This is one of the only matches that you would that you could actually conceive of in mm-hmm. your head and say, you know, we've never seen that one. And I, actually, you want to be the well actually guy. They mm-hmm. actually did wrestling once. <laughs> <laughs> it was some random indie. It was some random indie show. So yes, they have wrestled once. But it was one of those ones where people had dreamt about it and said, man, I would love to see him hook up. And not only so, Brian Danielson comes in after uh, on All Out. And he immediately challenges him and right. steps up to him, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, this is really going to happen." And you're still thinking, "You're in your head when they're going in for that big show in Queens, like, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll just have a, like a nice tease of a match, and they'll they'll just do a nice little twenty minute, um, uh, like, a, like a like a like a smorgasbord type of thing." Mm-hmm. They went out and had a thirty minute draw, like right. a fucking great match. <laughs> so, and and also. Even though the feud's not over, I like the fact that it finished and Kenny kind of st- sidestepped Danielson yep. and gave the excuse that, well, you didn't pin me. Right. So it gives you, it gives both, it gives them that, it gives them both that out of uh, of continuing the feud uh, and reheating it any time they want because they have unfinished business. But that one little small month or so when they just, when Danielson just told Tony Khan basically. I want to I wrestle want Kenny first. right? And it was just so exhilarating, that whole time period leading up to that show at Grand Slam where it's like, oh my God, we are really going to see these two guys hook up. Yeah. I thought it was really fun.
0: Well, what I loved about it too is that it didn't, like some people will say, well, we didn't get an ending because it was a draw, but it also didn't have like the TV ending of like the Bucks interfering or like a cheap like DQ finish or anything like that. Right. I love that it was just kind of like a draw. Like okay, they're gonna have to fight again.
1: AEW is a victim of that themselves sometimes. Oh yeah. You know, um, I was watching Thunder Rosa wrestle Jade Cargill yep. in the semis of the TBS tournament. Wolverine the Thunder Rosa was <laughs> ruined by the arrival of a masked woman, yep. which is like, oh my god, like really? A- and it was Mercedes Martinez, which yeah. was a nice surprise. But really, like we could have done it without it. Like how about you just have Jade win clean?
0: Yeah, we're starting you know? to see a lot of. Heel interference, and I almost think the debuts are starting to get overdone. You know, like I right. Don't know. I, but I, that I, didn't
1: happen. That didn't happen here. Like right. Danielson comes in, and Danielson's brand is I am the best wrestler in the world. I do not need a posse. I all I need is my two legs and my two arms, yep. and I I will fold you like a fucking pretzel. Right. And. He went after the champion at the time, Omega, who, despite all the injuries we found out that he was suffering through later, was still on top of the world, having great matches. And they went out and had a humdinger of a match. But they, the 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 buildup was only about two weeks, but it felt longer yep. because they put it together so well.
0: Yeah, that's There's... all.
1: That, that that's when you know you have a good angle.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my choice is uh, that. Going back to my uh, feud of the year, my ch- my choice for angle of the year is the hangman uh, basically believing in himself. You know, uh, again, this might even go back before 2021, but, you know, really his story of his ascent to defeating Kenny Omega is that. He always second guessed himself, and he always kind of thought, you know, he couldn't really get the job done himself. And his opponents knew that, and they kind of got into his head. And so the story of him winning the title is the story of him believing in himself, and that's where the the dark order came in, and they kind of came in and said, "You can do this. You can you can be the guy." And it's segment it was, of the year. Yeah, I think it's just so well done uh, to to tell the story of a guy who his biggest obstacle was himself and his own you know mental insecurities uh to overcome that and realize no i can beat anybody and uh it's been it it was done so well and so flawlessly um just a great great angle and what what i think is cool about that is sometimes wrestling you know the stuff that deals with like cerebral stuff like thoughts and feelings and stuff sometimes wrestling doesn't do that very well because you know somebody's still got to get hit with a chair at the end of the day you know somebody's got to get punched so So,
1: wrestling wrestling psychology and real psychology they're supposed to be this I was actually listening to an interview with Sami Zayn about this he was talking about they're basically the same thing and and he's right but it's also a more bohemian type of like it's it's so basic cuz it's just like a movie like it's right. easy to tug at certain emotions like oh don't kill the cat oh don't kill the damsel in distress like right. and when you watch a movie in wrestling it's easy it's like oh don't beat down that poor baby face but the thing that made the hangman page story so nuances they told the story for a long time it evolved for a long time and when hangman finally came to grips with the fact that he really could like you were saying accomplish every every goal that he ever wanted once he got to that point in his like once he once he realized all that it was like when neo became the one in the matrix <laughs> yeah, it that's a like, good example. And, it, and and kenny was like Oh my God! I can't handle this guy. Yep. Like I'm the best wrestler in the world, and I cannot beat this guy. Yep. That's when it's. That's. And then it is. turns
0: it turns on Kenny, and now he's the one second guessing, and he's the one right. s- struggling, you know. So, right. but yeah, I just thought it was such a, a great story um, that wrestling often gets wrong, you know, um, because sometimes wrestling because they go is, to the bas- they go to the basic stuff. Yeah, too yeah, right. too heavy handed or too, yeah, you know. i I thought this one was done really really well so yeah a couple good ones right out the gate let's see what other awards did we come up with uh match of the year i'll give you mine first because you had a a pick but a couple not my match of the year and i've kind of talked about this a couple times on the show and it still holds up as my match of the year we go back to all out uh the tag team cage match uh which was the young bucks and the lucha brothers was just i expected it to be awesome but it was one of those matches that just every spot that they went to was just even more and more and more and more. And like sometimes that can be overkill and sometimes you can kind of push a little too far and then it's like, all right, this needs to end. Uh, it never got there for me. And I understand how some people would think that match was like that for them. Like, I mean, they did a super kick with thumbtacks on the shoes, you know, <laughs> like, but for me, it was, it was flawless. Like, I love all four of those guys. Uh, I think it was cool because I didn't expect the Lucha Brothers to win at all. And I think that might be what kind of tipped it over for me and made it my match of the year is that I really thought the Bucks were going to escape. Um, so the, the surprise was, the the result was a big surprise to me. Uh, but that was a match that I've watched two or three times um and of course like the the oh my gosh that that lessens with every viewing just like every time you see mankind get thrown off the cage you know we've mm-hmm. seen it probably a hundred times 200 times at this point and the impact lessens a little bit but you also remember the first time you saw it you know what i mean like you're like oh my gosh yeah. i remember And the crowd it.
1: was on fire for that man yes like, the, the, like they, they were with him but then there was that moment where oh the bucks are gonna uh double team the yeah. weekend guy and win and then Phoenix breaks up the pin yep. and they real it the crowd almost collectively came to the realization like oh my god like they might do it <laughs> the, the luchas might win this match yeah. and they it's really that's when it really gets going like, Phoenix does an incredible uh dive off the top that just looked picturesque yep um great counters they've had crazy matches before this on yep. dynamite the ladder the ladder war, match yep. um yeah, like they've had crazy ones, and this one was probably the best one that they've had. I think so uh, too uh, between the four of them. So
0: yeah, great stuff. One spot, one spot that I really loved was like the dueling super kicks, where they were just kind of standing, like kind of in a square, and they just each super kick the person next to them, all standing like dead on their feet. Yeah, was,
1: I call it the booyah spot. <laughs> yeah, basically, Ooh, yeah, it was great. Yeah.
0: Great. That was my, that's my pick for match of the year. So, uh, you have a couple. Um, so. Give us some of your nominees, and then give us your, your actual choice.
1: So my honorable mentions, um, Hangman Page and Bryan Danielson's 60-minute uh, time limit. I thought about
0: picking that one, too, yeah.
1: It, it's fantastic. I liked it more than Kenny and uh, and Danielson. And I know I picked Danielson and Omega as the, an the angle of the year because I loved the idea of it. The execution of the match was fantastic, um, but it didn't have a finish, like you had said. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to pick Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Thunder Rosa, um, in the lights out match, which I thought was a trendsetter for yeah. violent women American women's wrestling matches. We had seen some awesome ones um in the WWE with um, the horse women, they've and, and other types of female performers. We've seen some pretty great violent matches, but this one kind of that one took it to another level. Yeah, and it I mean, wasn't just, just the blood. Yeah. Like it was just the whole the whole structure of it in general. It was also a very well put together match. Like you could tell watching it they took a lot like they took their time. They really want it was like their labor love. They wanted to make sure they hit it. And there was a match very early in the year between Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix on Dynamite that was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Like Phoenix had won a battle royal to get a title shot and he gets a title shot on Kenny and they- I mean, you know, Ray Phoenix is just one of these guys who like you watch him and you just can't believe how he pulls off the, some of the stuff he does. And it was just, he threw the kitchen sink at Kenny and, he was, and it, was, it still wasn't enough. And it was a great match. My favorite match, my match of the year, was Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston at Rampage on Halloween weekend. Mm. That, that In the semis of the the, fight. <laughs> the Eliminator. It was so good. Yeah. It was such a good match. I know Eddie had a great one with Punk. He had a really good one with Miro at All Out. I like this one the most. I, I, it, you know, it was just a match that was where Eddie, try, Brian, trying to take away his, um, his hand, and so he's or he, his arm, and so he has one arm, so he just chops Brian Danielson over and over and over and over again until Brian, Brian Danielson's chest is like red like spaghetti sauce, and it's absolutely brutal. The finish is great. Takes, I mean, great finish where uh, it looks like he, he gets the, um.
0: Like a triangle to, choke,
1: I, I, kind of. Well, he gets a triangle. I'm trying to think of the name of Eddie Kingston's, uh, uh, the spinning back. Oh, fist, the spinning I'm back sorry.
0: fist. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I was drawing a blood. Yeah, he knocks him down uh, and the crowd goes he, he nuts. The
1: spinning back fist, but he's slow to get. He's slow to cover him mm-hmm. because Danielson had um uh, had gotten some kicksaw on him, and um and Kingston. And, and Kingston's also well-versed in all Japan and stuff. He really knows how to do uh, fighting spirit and, uh, like, like head-dropping
0: suplexes. In the pop-up <laughs> cell. Yeah, like, where you jump up, hit a move, but then you fall. There's like a l- great...
1: Yeah. There's a great one where he's like, uh, he, he's like they're doing back and forth, and he's like, "Hit me, hit me, hit me!" And then he pokes him in the eye. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's really, he's just a really smart, funny wrestler. And then um, he's trying to get over to cover him, and um, after the spinning back fist, and Danielson locks him into, a, um, locks him into like a key lock or like a triangle choke, and Daniel and, and Kingston can't get out, and he just flips him off as he fades away. It's such a great match. Like it was. It, it, it served to me how great Danielson is at everything he does. How they literally... That was a guy that I don't even know if he was supposed to wrestle. I think he was supposed to wrestle Lance Archer. And Archer had hurt his uh, yeah. got concussion in the middle of the match with Kingston. And Kingston had to reluctantly pin it. And so they just put this match together on the fly after about a week. And put on this masterpiece. And that's when I was like, oh my god. Danielson, like this guy cannot do wrong he's had great matches before that one after that one but that one was my favorite
0: yeah I, I i think that's a good choice you know um i think i think most people will probably give it to the the 60 minute match because of recency not to say that that's not a good choice it's uh, an amazing match, uh, right yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great great match but i think <laughs> it's talked kind about of a,
1: almost the entirety of the show last time right
0: i mean it's freshest in everybody's mind so i can see how that's going to get a lot but um, there's, there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff, but, uh, a couple of our awards that we had was, um, our show of the year and our favorite moment. And you and I both picked the exact same thing. Uh, That's easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, show of the years all out, like obviously, uh, total home run. That was, we talked about right, right as we started the show. Like we started doing this show. I think our first episode was an all out preview. And we came in right as the waves were were highest, and we rode those waves and, in.
1: And double or nothing and full gear are really good shows. Mm-hmm. You know, double or nothing had a little bit of historical significance because it was the first show in front of a lot of fans. Um, at daily, it was at daily's place, mm. but they did it in front of like a lot of fans, like two thousand fans at the time. Nobody had done it. That was in May or like late May. Um and I remember a lot of people were just so happy because I, it was coming out of quarantine. people were just happy to watch wrestling. yep you know so and it and it was a great show. It had like Kenny and Pac and orange Cassie um, yeah, triple threat yeah yeah and um uh the oh the young bucks and John versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston very mm. good match. um full gears fantastic. we recapped it on the show yep um. And I think we did say, I, and I made the point about All Out, All Out just had that little bit of extra, like Pat Patterson likes to say. It had that little bit of extra that you just don't expect. Maybe it was the surprise at the end that we could talk about the biggest moment. But yeah. <laughs> it just – it was a great show up and down. It was the kind of show – where at the end you you it reminded you this is why I watch this stuff. Yeah. I watch this stuff so that the payoff is that feels as good as this does.
0: Well, you and I talked about uh, how we both kind of had extenuating circumstances. Like you basically had to plug in a generator and decide between a refrigerator or a pay-per-view. You know, and <laughs> uh, for me, it was like our fantasy football league had done our draft and I didn't even start the show till midnight. So I stayed up till four in the morning, which at my age is basically like staying up for three days straight. Um, and it was worth it. You know, it's like no regrets at all. Uh, and like you said, the moment of the year, uh, which we both chose, was uh, the debut of Adam Cole and brian danielson in the same night with in the same segment uh it was just insane like i think everybody knew one of them was coming uh kenny retains the belt against christian uh we i think we all thought adam cole because they dropped those hints about the ghost and things like that then Cole right. shows up joins the elite and then brian danielson shows up just totally floored me like i've been watching wrestling gosh i'm 42 years old probably 35 years so when you've been doing something for that long to still jump out of your seat and freak out mm-hmm. it's pretty great you The know mark
1: out moment yeah exactly and, and i i do hate when people try to get into this discourse online about oh no the loudest building was the one i was in right i couldn't hear myself it's like dude this isn't like we're not doing like a decibel level contest right. like loud is loud like i will say watching it on television it did look like the place came on glue when danielson when they realized danielson was coming out when they played rise of the valcon oh, yeah. and uh, but for me personally watching it yes you like you get that you get that like you get that level of excitement. It, like, comes from your diaphragm. Like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this is happening. Yeah. Or just from a, organically, your your jaw just drops to the fl- – like, not to the floor.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: just, we're, not, we're not animated cartoons, but, yeah. like, literally, like, you're just standing there. If someone, like, took a video of you and you watched it. You would look dumbfounded. Right. That's how I looked watching that. Right.
0: Well, because – You know, everyone was expecting a surprise, you know, and that's where some people are like, oh, they shouldn't have had them both come out. I'm like, no, that was perfect because everyone was like, how are you going to surprise us? And we were all expecting Adam Cole. So that wasn't really a surprise, even though it was presented as one. So then it's like, ah, we're sitting there like, ah, we knew that surprise was coming. In. And they're like, did you really? How about this? Boom. And it's Sucker Punch in a good way. You it know. was the
1: wrestling fan version of the double rainbow. I don't know if anybody remembers, but there is a, an infamous YouTube where this like outdoorsman guy is like, cr- he's like, str- I think he's strung out on mushrooms or something. And he's like, he's crying because he has a video and he's looking, he's showing the camera that he can see two rainbows at once he's like, double, double rainbow, rainbow. Dude. <laughs> this was the wrestling version of the double rainbow yeah. it's like and you know i don't want to lean too much into something because it leans into another uh, uh award that we are or, a or, uh, esteemed honor that we can that we will give but the revolution thing and the whole how it came out flat at the end i think that leaned into it too where it's like oh you know you've promised surprises before tony Khan, yeah. and didn't really deliver on that one and he was like oh really motherfucker watch this right. and i and also it came right after SummerSlam, where they had they were going on this big like big surprise at the end of every show john cena shows up at the end of money in the bank brock lesnar and becky lynch show up at SummerSlam. i can i can see the i'm not trying to say they're trying to like latch on to what wwe is doing but i can see this sort of one-upsmanship right and i and tony khan that was the That was the ace to end all aces. It was a double ace.
0: Yeah, I actually think WWE bringing those guys back was responding to what would be my second moment of the year, which was the debut of Punk. You know, like, I mean, Punk's debut... It was
1: hard not to vote for that. Right. I thought you were going to.
0: Yeah, I I (laughs) thought you were. (laughs) I I picked my choices before I saw yours, and then I I did edit one of them based off of yours just so we can have some different things to talk about but- i will
1: say this from an audible standpoint watching the production for the first dance which was for those who don't know that was the rampage where punk came back at the united center yeah 14 000 people there is a point where punk comes out the tunnel and it's not even cheering it's just yelling yeah it's just a lot of yelling yeah like um like a wind, t- like almost like the sound of a jet engine like you can't hear anything, <laughs> and that's just watching it on television. Right? I don't Can even you imagine want to know what being it's there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, great moment. People were just so happy to see him back. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, we got a couple more positive, positive. and we do have some uh, lumps of coal to hand out as well. We do, um, but let's. Let's go with all our, our positives. Uh, we thought, you know, we'll save our best wrestler of the year for last. But we came up with the Up and Comer Award because AEW's got these established guys. We've got Punk. We've got Danielson. We've got Omega. We've we got, got the Jericho. Yeah, yeah, we've got the Pillars. But we wanted to even look beyond the Pillars and be like, who who's somebody that we see a very bright future in? Um, the person you picked is a person I wrote. So I wrote a second name down as well. You said uh, Dante Martin. Tell us why.
1: Dante Martin, and I think I've said this, so pardon me for being repetitive. He's the kind of wrestler that he's so skilled at the design of his moves that he can make even mundane things look spectacular. Yeah. Like he can make a sunset flip. Yeah, we talked about this the last episode. Like. <laughs> he can make he he does like I mean he, he all like his. I'm not trying to make it like he does simple stuff. So he does a move where he bounces his left foot off of the bottom rope and he somersaults <laughs> like, yeah he somersaults and lands on his feet it, it's incredible it's as incredible as it sounds yeah but the way he does it it's so smooth like almost and i, I think i said it's like randy orton like i always gave that compliment to randy orton everything he does looks smooth yeah like it it looks effortless it does not and look
0: contrived at all yeah
1: and it's amazing to see a guy as young as he is because i think he's 20 years old
0: and if that it, yeah yeah
1: and he he just seems to get it like you know something there it's like in sports when you see a guy and uh like a rookie or some up-and-coming guy and you just immediately see him on the field in the ring on the court and you just immediately catch it and you're like okay they got something everybody nobody else has yeah and dante martin hits that mark now when he started with top flight he was with you know, he was with his brother um, Darius and Darius unfortunately got a knee injury. So he was sort of thrust into the singles landscape, but he's been able to make something of it just because of the fact that He's so good. <laughs> he's so good. His style is so unique. Yeah. Like if someone tried to copy what Dante Martin does, it wouldn't look as good. Right. Because it's unique to him. I think that Dante, I wouldn't be stunned at all if he was a world champion within a few years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's he's really really good and it's almost like again with AEW when when the company's doing everything right, I think back to like the Attitude Era with WWE 98 99, even the stuff that comes can be unlucky works out for them. Like you mentioned his brother getting injured, which is probably nothing that they wanted to happen, and look what they got out of it is like this out of nowhere single superstar. <laughs> you know, like It's just wild. So um, I had Dante Martin as my pick as well. But since I saw you picked him, I changed it to someone else. Uh, My up and comer of the year. Let's send Hook. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, here's the deal. I mean, Hook is this guy who now he's been in the ring. So now I still think it's half a gimmick that people like him. But he's had two matches on TV now. And the guy, the kid looks good, doesn't he? Like he really does have. Like yeah, I did, I did. I didn't. I did not like the no sell
1: of the pile driver. Yeah. I know that some people were. I know some people are like no. It's it. It makes him look unstoppable. almost he's like, Taz's yeah, kid. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, his um. Yeah, but he's super. Like he's smooth as well. Yeah, he, he really is. Has good ground game. I didn't. I didn't realize he was an amateur wrestler. Yeah. Uh, in the past, he's but, just um, got a
0: charisma without you know, talking. Could, you know, like he's got a charisma without yes. talking that. You can't teach that. He just has it, and uh, that—that's half. And the mainstream
1: word. music is Mainstream music always works. Yep. So, for example, I think he has a rap song, like a mainstream rap song, as his entrance. Yeah. And it's got like a nice beat to it. It's great. Like when you see, it's like when Jungle Boy comes out to Tarzan. Like when he comes out, it's like, oh, I know who that is. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. And that's and that's kind of the same thing with Hook. And it's it's it's. I think he's gonna wind up being something really good. Um, yeah. The other guy I thought about was absolute Ricky Starks.
0: Mm. I love Ricky. I thought Starks. about Daniel Garcia as a, as a choice as well, but he's kind of faded a little yeah, bit. He, Daniel Garcia. We haven't. Well, well, he's back now, but he he went about a month, maybe six weeks, where we didn't see him anymore. But when when he's there, he seems to make the most of what the time that he's given. So, but I couldn't not say let's send Hook. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do have no, Luke. but he's look.
1: Hook, Hook is not a meme. Like no, he he's can not. actually wrestle.
0: Like I think it started off as one, and I think AW yeah. leaned into the skid there, and maybe they waited until he was ready. Like maybe they saw him in the dojo, you know, in the Nightmare Factory. Like hey, he still got some some kinks to work on. When they felt comfortable, they because there's no reason to debut him until now. They yeah they could so, still have been so keeping him on the using,
1: shelf. He's using the um Taz mission, but it's called Red Rum.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Red
1: Rum.
0: Pretty cool. So uh, we do have two more positive awards to give away, our Tag Team of the Year. Uh, I went – this one's a little tricky because, one, there's a lot of good tag teams. But two, what's hard for me is I don't think any one team stood out so far ahead of the rest that I think you could make a case for multiple teams. I just went with FTR just because – I think they've kind of run the gamut of they've been in the ring with pretty much everyone. They're always good. Uh, I don't think they've been really showcased like they could have. Uh, in fact, I think their their fans are a little frustrated that maybe they're not being put in the tag team title feuds. Or I think people wanted them to beat the Lucha Brothers and they didn't. Uh, but I went with FTR as my choice for the tag team of the year just because they never disappoint. Uh, in fact, one of my worst matches of the year I considered an FTR match just because... The F- FTR, when they're in the ring, is so good that when somebody screws up, it's like, you ruined an FTR match, you suck. you know? <laughs> So
1: I, w- I would love to hear that <laughs>
0: when yeah, we get to that one. Yeah, so. I'm almost
1: looking more forward to the worst part, the lumps of coal. Right. But um, I when I went with the Lucha Brothers. Uh yeah, it's just the fact that they were able to blow it off with the title win at all out. They're still the champs at this point. Um, great matches. They had some singles success, which I don't think leans into the tag team success, um, to be honest. Like when I thought about the test tag teams, I didn't think, Oh well, you know, Phoenix had a nice little singles run and Penta had a nice singles man. I don't think about that. I just think about them as a team. As a team, they were just so effective. Every time they had a match I wanted to watch it. Um I thought about FTR too. Um, there, there was, um, there was a couple of other. I actually enjoyed Matt Sydal and Dante Martin.
0: Yeah, they're good.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, even though they were, and even Sting and Darby Allen, <laughs> yeah. like Sting and Darby, yeah, like they're, they're, that's another one where it's like, man, every time they wrestled with the, with one another, I wanted to see it.
0: Yeah, I think so. if we would have gotten more um, Dante and uh, Leo Rush, I think I really like them together too.
1: Yes, and they kind of did that little uh, swerve where yeah. it wound up being that Dante is actually back in with Leo, and he right. didn't join Team Test. So, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah,
0: but but tag 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 match or tag team of the year is one that we can just kind of
1: and we didn't even pick the freaking Young Bucks.
0: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Which was we great. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen a straight Young Bucks tag match. It feels like everything they're in now is trios and, and more. So. Um, it leaves us with one more positive award, and that is the Wrestler of the Year. Uh, I went with a contrarian pick just because I saw your pick, and I think yours is the right choice. Uh, so tell us who the correct choice is for Wrestler of the Year. The correct,
1: the correct choice, ladies and gentlemen, is Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's hard to... It's just hard in terms of his... What's amazing, though, Jordan, about him is that he took three and a half months off. Yeah. And didn't matter like he still he came back and just immediately just started putting the work in awesome matches with eddie kingston kenny omega Dustin rhodes Minaro suzuki just yeah. because he <laughs> wants to wrestle him you know he didn't even wrestle him on the broadcast he wrestled him on you <laughs> you know um, he wrestled in a mask as infinito <laughs> <So> <laughs> this cool. man is addicted to wrestling and so cool. um and he was able also to flip the persona so he could turn heel. Now that Kenny's on the shelf, they needed a, a new heavy. So they went with Danielson, and now he's shooting with Hangman. They go an hour on Dynamite in this great match. The man just can't do wrong. And the fact that he has this narrative with his with his arsenal where he can beat you any way he wants. Mm-hmm. like You don't know what, how the finish is coming because he's so skilled and he's so good as a wrestler. Just in general, like from a kayfabe perspective, he's such a good wrestler. He could literally beat you with like a knee lock.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. He could bend you over in a single leg crab and tap you out. Yeah. Because he's just how, that's how good he is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a tweet and I don't know if you sent it to me or not. It said something like in the four months that he was in WWE this year, he had like 30 televised matches and there was against like six or seven different opponents. Whereas in AEW he's had like 19 matches and it's been against like 16 different opponents. So just the variety, I did not know that. just the—I'll try and dig that up. Just the variety alone, and it works. Whoever he's in there with, it's almost like he's trying to challenge himself. You know what I mean?
1: And he's had—he's had the best match on every show. The only time he didn't have the best match on the show that he was part, a part of was probably Miro at Full Gear. Yeah, that was the only time. And it was a good match. And they, had, they, had, they, had, a, they
0: had a week to come up with that match, basically. <laughs> you know?
1: Right, because it was supposed to be Moxley.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so my choice was, I mean, I, when we had that one, like, that's the first thought. It's Brian Danielson. Usually the first thought is there for a reason. Like, he's hit home run after home run after home run. So I thought, well, who could I pick as another option, just to give some credit to? And I thought about Kenny Omega, because um, he had a great run. I decided to go with Darby Allen. Um... And my reason for Darby is, I think, different than Danielson, who comes in basically at a 10 out of 10 and just continues to be 10 out of 10, I think with Darby's body of work, we see improvement. Um, as the spotlight gets bigger on him, he doesn't shy away from it. Sometimes these guys can't live up to their push. And sometimes, you know, the more spotlight is put on a guy, the more you can see those flaws. Whereas I think Darby's a guy who's really stepped into the spotlight. And 2021 has been a great, great year for him. He's got the punk. I mean, they chose him... To be the first guy to wrestle CM Punk, uh, he got a pay-per-view match with uh, MJF. Uh, and this is just the back half of the year. Uh, the tag matches with Sting, like you mentioned, they could be the tag team of the year, <laughs> like with sixty-two-year-old right. Sting, who no, I mean no, no shade at Sting either. Sting definitely holds up his end of the deal as well, but uh, Darby just like sacrifices his body and goes out there and always does something that you're like, oh, that was so cool. It's different than Danielson in the sense that Danielson is like a clinic, like a master like a master class, like whereas Darby's kinda like, I'm not a master, but I'm gonna do something really, really cool, you know? Right. Um
1: so I feel like like to to piggyback on what you're saying, when Darby started twenty twenty one he was a TNT champion. He had beaten Cody Rhodes. Yep, that's
0: another thing I was gonna mention and- is he, he he got that singles run. Yep
1: yeah had, this thing goes I think it was a tad bit of fatigue because he was always he was he mean at he a lot of those dynamites at Daly's place. Yep. when they just needed warm bodies, they didn't always have people available. So he would just be there to defend the TNT title. And I remember he had some really good ones, like, um, John Silver and Orange Cassidy, yep. and he always came out on top. But here's what happened: so he feuds with the Men of the Year, which was Scorpio Sky and and All Ego Anthem the Page. He loses to Miro after they threw him down a freaking flight of stairs because he's a crazy person. Um, <laughs> and coffin drops through a coffin. Yeah, <laughs> he drops the title to Miro, but he never loses his shine. Right. Like he's like he comes out of it. And that's big. Just and they go back to live live fans he's just as popular as he was if not more right to the point that when darby was wrestling cm punk in chicago which is like that's like that's like playing against steph curry in oakland yep (laughs) yep everyone's against you yep but the thing is I could see that little kind of, you know, I really enjoy watching him. the fans just have this connection to him. Yeah. Even though he wears the paint and people think he looks silly and people think that he's kind of like he's he doesn't look like from he doesn't look like this picturesque yeah, like he's golden god of a wrestler. Yeah. He's kinda of slinky and small and short. He's just so entertaining. Like his match with all League Ethan Page, the coffin match in Texas that's one of the funnest matches I've seen this year. Oh, it's awesome. Like, yeah. and he literally ends it with a coffin drop through a coffin. Right.
0: <laughs> like, I mean,
1: what, One of the best endings to, the, to Dynamite all year long. Just a really entertaining guy. His tag matches are fun. His dives are just so meme-worthy where he just comes in like a bowling ball oh, at somebody. It's insane. No regard for his body. Right. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Jeff Hardy where he just... He just takes sacrifices with his body that just normal people don't do.
0: Right. It's like maybe you know, that's even a normal wrestler doesn't do. Maybe that's why I call him wrestler of the Year now because his body's just going to deteriorate, and he he may never have a year like this again. Just physically, <laughs> I don't know that he can. Like,
1: and even when we were talking about the pillars, like, well, so, sometimes it's up for debate. Like, you know, maybe Sammy, yeah. maybe Britt Baker should take him. with Darby Allen, there's no debate.
0: No, absolutely, like Darby.
1: Not. I mean, Darby is so important to that company. I mean, Tony loves him. He always books him in spots where he always gets an opportunity to showcase his talents. He's just a terrific wrestler. And he can lose and not be hurt by it.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. In fact, I mean, his biggest matches of the year were really all losses. Like, he lost the title to Miro. He lost to Punk. He lost to MJF. Um, There's another significant match that he had that he lost. I can't think of. Didn't he lose to Moxley? I think so. I'm thinking him and Sting, didn't they, did they lose? No, they beat FTR, didn't they, in that tag match? Actually. They did beat FTR. They did beat FTR. Did. Never mind. Okay. So so there's one big win. But a lot of these big matches, he loses, and he doesn't come out of them hurt at all. You know? which Right. Is, so, uh, again, like I said. Danielson's the clear choice, but if you want a contrarian one, I think Darby's a pretty good pick. Uh, Omega
1: like, would have been good. Hangman yeah. would have been good. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know. But the thing about Darby too is when we, the year 2021, he's been here the whole year too. You know, whereas Danielson's only knock, if there's anything, is that he was only here since September, um, which isn't really his fault. He was only under contract then. But Darby's been here the whole calendar year. You can find stuff with Darby. Uh, so a full year's worth of work there for him. So either way, there's there's a lot of good choices, and uh, that's always a good thing for a company if you can nominate multiple people the, for your there's,
1: best. There's one more guy I really thought about, but I just – I had to pick Danielson instead. Uh, Eddie Kingston had a great year.
0: yeah. Well, you know what was so great about him is, he kind of showed up as like a one-off, and he turned it into like a a renaissance for his career. You know, he basically showed up just to fight Cody for the night, (laughs) and they gave him the mic and let him talk, and he he talked his way into a contract. You know, Uh, it's a really cool story. He he seems to turn
1: everything into he seems to turn everything into happy accidents.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which uh, eventually you have to say, okay, are these not accidents, or is this guy really? Just great at what he's doing (laughs) you know so but (laughs) speaking of uh the opposite of great at what you're doing we also have some lumps of coal to hand out tonight uh we try to be positive on the show uh not fanboyish to the sense that we don't admit nothing's wrong but we like to talk about what we like more than what we don't like but we have some lumps of coal to hand out some some worst awards Uh, Andrew, you already hinted at one thing. For the worst moment of the year, you said the end of the Revolution pay-per-view, which was the exploding cage that, well, talk about the quote. The exploding barbed
1: wire match. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish it was an exploding cage. That would have been even better. Yeah. Um, Here's the problem with all of that. So... That was Revolution 2020. It was still in Daly's place. It did get a very it was it got the highest buy rated that, that they had ever had up to that point, uh, because the main draw of that show. Now Sting did wrestle on that one in the cinematic match with a uh, Darby against Brian Cage, and I think I think Scorpio Sky. I'm, I'm i I got to double check. Or yeah, Ricky I, Stark. To I can't remember. I can't remember which one it was. It was it was okay, but the big hook was. Uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match and that the ring would explode. Now, I'm not trying to be super spoiled where it's like, I'm just mad that I didn't see my exploding ring. But the way they did it, so Omega gets pinned by nefarious means. They trap Moxley in the ring as the countdown is on for the exploding ring. Eddie Kingston, who is his... (laughs) sworn rival uh or like the previous year runs to moxley to protect to cover him like like uh like like a war like uh like in a foxhole soldiers in a foxhole and it comes out with little pyro fireworks that i have probably saw at my park on new year's eve (laughs) and it it was like really now i'm not trying to and there was a little bit of deflecting from Tony Khan about, well, the Pyro company didn't rig it right and um they 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 um it should have been better and what do you expect? Do you expect to blow up our wrestlers? I'm like, no, however, don't promote it if you're not gonna do it. Yeah. And this was also the big the big push throughout the entire show yep. for everybody. You're going to see this incredibly violent, crazy ending to this match and you saw fireworks. <laughs> yeah. like, that was the that was the part that just disappointed me. And you know, you know a moment is bad when the match is great. The dude, the Moxley Omega death match is great. Yeah. You don't even remember it because you just remember how bad that was. Right. Yeah. And it left a stink. It left a stink yeah. for about a week on AEW.
0: It was my choice too because like not only did the pyro like it just like total fizzle but then eddie and moxley just deciding to sell like it they were knocked out by it too like they had to come up with an excuse like oh eddie fainted (laughs)
1: you know (laughs) and they had a small pocket of uh fans like uh because this was in march and so of 2021 so they're kind of creeping out of quarantine at the time yeah i think it was Dave's place was it yeah vaccinations were kicking in so it was um it was uh about maybe like 300 people And you could hear the booze. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) It was, it was not good. I mean, like just the hype, not living up to the hype. Uh, Then Tony Khan almost being defiant about it. The way that Moxley and Eddie responded to it by not no selling it. Like they were kind of in a no win situation. Either they sell something that's. Oh my gosh! I think my wife. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. My Wi-Fi signal just went out for a second. But anyways, but uh, peek behind the curtain this is our third recording of the night for those listening. So <laughs> <laughs> I think my computer got COVID as well. My computer by
1: the, by the by the end by the end of this, this will be like the Beatles get back. <laughs> I know,
0: right? My computer's gonna be have... but lost tapes. My yeah. computer's close to exploding in a bigger way than that ring did that night. But you know, like oh,
1: saying. <laughs> If it, if it explodes like the ring did, your computer's doing just fine.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> but what I was saying is like Moxley and, and Eddie were kind of in a no-win situation. Either they sell for something that looks stupid and they look dumb or they no-sell it and they look unprofessional. So it's kind of like what are you, you're damned if you do, damned you lose, if you don't. Lose, Yeah, so. Right. But yeah, that was my choice for uh, Worst Moment. Um, <clears throat> we also had Worst Move of the Year, which is similar to Moment but maybe like a storyline or something like that. A decision. Um, Yeah. Uh, I went with giving the big show a feud on television. Um, All Out was almost a perfect show, and then you had the big show versus QT Marshall in there. It made no sense. We even talked about it. Why is this here? Uh, We tried to maybe justify, okay, maybe there's some people who just like the big show. And to their credit, it was quick. It was harmless. But it just it led to nothing it helped no one it made no sense i don't think anybody liked it it's it's one of the most peculiar matches and storylines that we had all year you know in a year where a company's kind of fight especially at a time like all out everything was hitting and everything was like hot and every storyline people were and mad this is the it.
1: one this is the one wart right the one wart
0: and it's a day. big i know wart, it's short. you know yeah Yeah, and
1: the thing is with um, Paul White is that you know he's had hip replacement or knee replacement. Yeah, and you can see it. He labors when he rolls, and I'm not trying to. I know. I know from a physical standpoint, he probably feels like he's in the best shape of his career. And God bless Paul White because there's a lot of people who are his size that didn't live to be as old as he is. And he made a career of himself. He has a great Q rating. People Google search him. They know who he is. So when people tune in to AW randomly on YouTube and they see his face, they might watch it because they know who the big show is. That's great for everybody. It's not great for wrestling. Right. I I mean, it's just for the actual product. Does it actually create something that I want to watch? No no it yeah. it doesn't so. and i
0: think it stands out even more cuz like i said with all out everything else worked everything else had some heat everything else had some momentum and this was just like nothing it was so so in the face of everything else that they were doing at the time that it still to this day doesn't make any sense and the fact that they really never followed it up i mean maybe they learned their lesson like okay that didn't work maybe that's what we take away from it but there there was nothing to it just it doesn't make any sense. I, I remember speculating with you that maybe they were trying to do a Big Show versus Shaq match. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Nothing. That's why I thought they were going to. Yeah, but so did so I. Don't but.
0: Know, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, what was your choice for the worst move of the year?
1: Mine was more particular. Um, <laughs> putting Bloody Guts in Daly's place was, I thought, was a bad... And then... I think I think the fact that they were going to do blood and guts in um, in the Northeast before quarantine hit just goes to show how much Tony Khan really valued how because blood and guts is basically war games. Yeah. It's war games just without the name. And it was going to end. It was a different iteration of it in 2020. Once the storylines had evolved, the one that they came up with was the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle, which was MGF's like offshoots back. Yeah. The match, the whole show. I don't know if you remember this, but they <laughs> promos for different wrestlers in front of the cage mm-hmm. for, because they had live fans for the blood and guts. But what they did is they only had one match for the fans. Which hmm. They did have people trapped. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like about a thousand people is 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 terrible like that's a like if that's gcw that's a great that's a pretty nice crowd right but aw they if they went to new jersey or if they went to new york with that match they would have sold out the arena. oh yeah i and i and i thought it was just a miscalculation i to blow it off they wanted something to pop a rating because they had just gotten off, uh uh nxt because nxt moved to tuesdays at that point they wanted to pop a rating so this is the this is the this is the. Um, I'm trying to think of the right way of saying it. It, it. That's sort of the the way that the whole war has continued on with, between AEW and WWE. You got always up the ante. Yep. We can't have we can't have a show where it lags. We need something exciting to look forward to, and they decided that for March
0: and April we were going
1: to look forward to Blood and Guts. Yeah. I also thought the match wasn't great.
0: Yeah, that was a, a bad ending too, with uh, Jericho flying off. But the camera showed it, so, so it looked like he just basically fell into a pile of pillows. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> like it, it was kind of a miss everywhere. Right. Like the camera work really, really hurt that that big bump at the end. Like it, it just exposed that he did nothing.
1: <clears throat> I barely remember anything from it.
0: Yeah, it was so it was a thing where MJF and Jericho wound up on the top and, and Sammy had to beg MJF to not throw him off and he gave up that's how that's how the pinnacle won and then MJF of course threw Jericho off anyways it was supposed to be this big moment where Jericho was thrown through these metal plates but it was clearly like cardboard and and like a a, a cushion fall which of course all these big falls are as they should be we don't want these guys throwing themselves 30 feet to the ground just and this slide. was
1: not too long after uh this this wasn't too long after look at this, you, you blew it, ending twice in a row now. Right. So, right. I, I'm sure they didn't like hearing that, but yeah, I, I just wish they'd have done that in front of a sold-out crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That would have been a lot funner. I, 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 I but I'm yawning because I'm just thinking about how boring the boy got. Smash! I
0: do think I think you made a good point, though. I think they got a little swept up in the TV competition, and they went with what's going to be better for ratings this specific week rather than what's better for our story, and uh, that's never a good thing. So that's kind of where WCW back in the day
1: they need to run it. They need to run it back with some different iteration of teams, like yeah. in about eight, maybe 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 at some point in 2022. Yeah, I think it would really. I think if you put the wrong place, it could work really, really well. I think well. It a, just didn't work
0: for. Them. I think there's a story that's we're just starting to see the opening chapter of that could absolutely lead to that with uh, Adam Cole and his buddies that he has to choose from. Uh, I think we're going to see a big split coming up down the down the path there. So that might be a perfect choice for you. Um, we got a couple more worst to give out. Uh, worst feud of the year. Uh, let me bring up mine. Hang on one second uh my worst feud of the year i actually have two i don't see yours on here did you not write one down for that andrew
1: (laughs) i didn't write one down but i'll i'll think i'll think
0: well i have two so i'll give you both and you choose which we think is the winner so i mentioned earlier uh that we would talk about anthony agogo and uh cody versus anthony is it anthony agogo anthony right um Yeah, Cody versus the Nightmare Factory, but specifically Cody versus Agogo, I thought was just repeated swings and misses. Not like one swing and a miss, but like they swung and missed in like multiple ways. One, this is Agogo. It was a guy who kind of came in with a little bit of like, oh, here's this unique guy. He's this body punch that like kills people. They brought him up too fast. Cody gives this weird like patriotic rah-rah promo like I'm the babyface because I'm American – type thing which is a really weird bizarre choice to make uh the match itself was nothing where like cody took the big stomach shot and then won the match anyways which like the the reason people turn on cody is because they think he does that all the time he doesn't really do it all the time but in this instance he did i thought that feud was just a huge fart for me um but the other one I, i picked is uh Brian Cage versus Team Taz. Talk about a feud that just fell apart. Oh, that's,
1: I was just thinking of that. Yeah, you I, read talk, my mind.
0: Talk about like miscast who the babyface should be. Oh
1: like, my! You know a feud doesn't work when the guy who's supposed to be painted as the, the the one who got screwed out by Team Taz. Gets absolutely booed by the crowd oh, as yeah. Ricky Starks beats him. Like yeah. that's when you know it doesn't work. I mean, I'm not trying to poo-poo on Brain Cage. I, he has different, he has attributes as a wrestler that are that that are really fun. I think he's a decent, I think he's a decent hand. Yeah. Um. It just this version of of him, you know, with Team Tag just didn't work. Like it once sucked. he broke up with them, it didn't work. Like. <clears throat> Up is because he just started respecting Sting, right. and has just couldn't understand why he respected Sting so
0: much. Yeah,
1: it was just a st- like the whole idea was like we just need to find a way to break him up. Right, and people saw through it. And Ricky is just more magnetic of a personality, and it's shown through. And the fans wanted him to win. Yep. So when he won the FT- FTW title off of Brian Cage, they cheered him like he was a guy right. for that night, and it just killed the few dead yep. because nobody believed in Brian Cage anymore. I nobody be
0: believed in him after that and nobody believed in him in his character. Like you, you look at that guy and you say, okay, who should be the underdog babyface in this feud? Oh, how about this Hulk? You know, like I mean, <laughs> I understand that the babyface has to overcome the odds, but like, I don't know. This guy's a gigantic. He's basically a mountain with legs. And they made want, him like Do you the want to hear the other one? I was sure.
1: Yeah. Do you want to hear the other one I was thinking about? And I'm going to eat a lot of crow for this because, um, uh, not, not to ruin it for people. <coughs> now elaborate. I was going to pick Penelope Ford and the bunny feuding endlessly with <laughs> take Con- Ty Conti and Anna J. TJ. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that the, it's not that the matches were bad. It was just the brass knucks. We always talked uh. about how the obsession, with brass knuckles and how Penelope and and just kept using those brass knocks. And I was, was going to be like, oh, this is so terrible. And I'm going to eat – I would eat so much crow <laughs> knowing now what I know because yeah. they – taped a match on rampage that's going to air on friday
0: yeah
1: and it is an absolute barn burner of a street fight with blood and thumbtacks and chairs and everything yeah that absolutely it's you you know what's that what's that movie where they said how could you do all this dumb stuff and totally redeem (laughs) yourself Yeah,
0: dumb and dumber i think right
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what it felt like it's like i suffered through all this but here's the payoff. Right. And like we <laughs> talked about that all out. Sometimes it's OK to suffer through bad weeks because, you know, the payoff is going to be so good when it happens. Exactly. You know, and this one is like the exact this one is like bipolar. Like it's so bad, but the way it ends is so, so good.
0: Yeah. And let's hope that's the end. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I assume it is. <laughs> I assume it is because of the, the level of violence. But, you know. That that's one thing AEW struggles with a little bit. Is these other guys of feuds that never end.
1: Yeah. Because we have the WTF moment, and I want to, and I think we, I think we've talked about this before. That violence, the violence factor that they always want to just kind of sprinkle into things, because it's like, oh, this will make it saucier. This will make the feud funner. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, why don't you give us your your WTF moment of the year? Since nice little segue. Uh, the. the the Nick Gage Chris Jericho match. Now, that's listen, I, call, I didn't
1: call it the worst. It's the WTF moment. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, why in God's name is Chris Jericho being stabbed with a light tube? Like, <laughs> like, like blowing your mind as you watch it in real time. Yeah. And uh, I, I know everybody talks about the pizza cutter thing and the Domino's pizza ad thing and that they pulled the ads. I don't know if that's even true. Um, but. They, or they pulled out as an advertiser because of the how people were mad and they called in because of how violent it was. Nick Gage is a very certain brand. Now, people watched it. It got a very good rating. We talked about that on the show. Um, people tuned in to watch Nick Gage be ultra-violent, and ultra-violence does have it's a really specific young target audience, and it works. You know? That's why... I think that's one of the reasons why Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa works. It's a very violent match. It's a good match, but it's also really violent and you don't expect that out of a women's match. Mm-hmm. You know. With Nick Gage and Chris Jericho, like Chris didn't have to go there. I think it's just is an attribute to how great of a of a performer Jericho can be right. when he I, has I to change things when he has to change things up. He can do it. But that one really went Beyond the threshold of, of decency, right. where it was
0: like, <laughs> what a great phrase, beyond the threshold of decency.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like uh, I, need, I I'm trying to think of like maybe Todd Sterling or something, right? Exactly. <laughs> but um, it it was just it was just a tough watch yeah. for me. It was a tough. Watch. No, I, uh, I, yeah. I, it wasn't wasn't enjoyable. It was enjoyable. The the um. <clears throat> The sky vision cam where he does a huracarana and Nick Gage goes through the plate of glass—it looks incredible, you know. Shout out to Keith Mitchell who's retiring, but it just—it just didn't sit well with me. I don't know. I got that weird pit in my stomach watching it.
0: Right. Yeah. And it wasn't pizza. <laughs> it wasn't, certainly wasn't Domino's pizza. <laughs> uh, I went a little different with my WTF of the year because it was kind of like looking back, and I was like, "Huh." And it was just uh, the one-time homicide appearance. Uh, He showed up in, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was the Rampage, the the stadium show. The Rampage Grand Slam. Yeah, the Grand Slam Rampage. And I remember I read the results before the show. And I was like, oh my gosh, Homicide's in the company now? And I was pumped. And he showed up and it was like really flat and they're like hey that's homicide and then he just it never showed up again it's so weird like in hindsight even, like,
1: even taz on the even taz on the booth is like wait that's homicide right <laughs>
0: exactly so uh i, I, I think, love
1: taz because you can tell he gets no notes
0: right he's just so un. he I, is so unbright i love when he just see sing theme songs it's so great it's something he's started doing yes. like on the youtube shows that's leaked over onto the live shows like he loves singing ruby so stuff um but we got a couple more awards uh let's talk about the worst match of the year um i have uh your choice i think is a better one i struggled with two different ones so i'll give you my two um okay first was a tag match back in june it was nyla rose vicky guerrero against brit baker and rebel uh it wasn't i feel bad picking this as worst match of the year because when you see rebel and vicky guerrero in a match it could have been a lot worse than it was but it also came off to me at the time like this was so pointless and there was no way that it could be good and that's where i was a little mad at it like why book a match that can't be good you know what i mean like it's one thing for a match that could be good to just maybe not deliver it's one thing for like okay maybe
1: was it um was it Charmel versus jenna maraska
0: bad no no it didn't reach those levels that's why i don't ultimately have it as my pick (laughs) but it's something i just had to like what did they expect like one nyla rose wasn't really doing great back then Britt baker isn't like i mean she's fine but she can't rise above that level Vicky Guerrero was not even a wrestler, and we've talked about Rebel before. Like, it was just like they had the worst possible ingredients, and they said, yeah, let's give these g- gals seven, eight minutes. And it's just so, like, dumb to me. But my actual pick for worst match of the year, I mentioned earlier, uh, was FTR against, uh, I can't even remember his name now, Samurai Del Sol and his teammate, who really. Just when poor Kalisto's chances at any sort of run in this company. Uh, I mentioned earlier that FTR just kind of does well against everybody. And then they bring in this luchador. I cannot remember. Was it Aer- Aerostar? Is that what his name was? It was Aerostar. Aerostar. Yep, and this was guy it. was guest before he hit the ring, man. Like, he missed every spot. He looked like he was dead weight. Like, to take these guys who are so fluid and so good, like, one thing that I think wrestling fans are almost in universal agreement on is that the FTR is, they're a great, great tag team. They're so crisp. And they just, it fell apart. Like, it's not like a match where I've been... fundamentally sound. Yeah, like, I wouldn't say, like, oh, it's a negative five-star match, but the fact that they struggled, and the fact that they had an actively bad match, like, it pissed me off. Like, you... Dude, this is your chance. You are on national TV against a team that can have a three star match in their sleep and you sucked. Screw you guys. You know, like it actually just got me yeah, mad it at
1: was, him, it. So. Was a buff bad. Right. Now and I think You know what I hate about just to kind of Yeah go in retrospect, like you know what I hate about the Booker T buff thing? People make it out like everybody in that production just shit the bed booker t tried yeah he tried right it was buff yeah. <laughs> buff screwed it up buff suck and this is how it felt like FCR, they're doing what they can yep like this what this is what they're best at and you're just not up to the level
0: yeah and it's like i don't know i just feel like you got a shot aw gives and we they have a track record of bringing guys in for one and if they do well, they sign him. Like so you could have been signed, dude. And he just failed at every opportunity. Just total failure. Total, total failure. But uh your choice it was I think like, is like it
1: was like watching an Ameri- it was like watching an American Idol audition and they just like, <laughs> right, Exactly. The voice co- and the voice comes out, you never know what the voice is gonna be when it comes out. And then the voice is like oh, oh yeah oh man.
0: Yep. This is bad <laughs> I, I think your choice is actually a, an actual worse match,
1: though. Um, and you know, I I turned on Wardlow a little bit. Wardlow is starting to get a nice little heat going for him, where he's um, where MJ on him because his accountability buddy or whatever. He's like his support system, but he doesn't he doesn't want to give him any of the glory. And Wardlow is becoming antagonistic of it, but he keeps killing people with power bombs. So. I've, t- I think we're both like fans of Wardlow. Yeah. But his MMA style fight with Jake Hager <laughs> is. in Daly's place, leading up the blood and guts, or I remember what it was? Yeah, it was, it was, so, it was around then. so bad. And Jake Hager is not a favorite of mine already. Then you put him in an MMA fight style. It's st- remember, still a worked match. But it's made to look like an MMA fight, and Warlow looked out of place. Hager seemed uninterested in doing anything entertaining that looked like a match, and it ended in a schmoz. It was just stupid. The whole thing was stupid.
0: Yeah, it was. It was pretty lousy. I, I remember that too, and I, I I place the blame on Hager there, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. I think. I mean, he's the he's the veteran, yeah. you know, at this point uh, between the two. So you know, he needs to help bring them along a little bit. They and they just didn't really mix it well. The only time I've ever seen that blend really well was Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. Yeah. Where they kinda had fifteen minutes of MMA fighting for some reason in a cage and then they kinda had a wrestling match after that. Yeah. But it was like that's the only time I've ever seen it work. Maybe there's some other version that I don't know about involving Matt Riddle or um um who's the other guy? Uh, Daniel Pewter. Yeah. Maybe there's somebody else who kinda had a good MMA style uh or Josh Barnett, like a good MMA style fight. Like doesn't Josh Barnett have a promotion?
0: He, where he they did do that? he did a show like on WrestleMania weekend, he would just- well, Blood sport. sport, yeah yeah so I know uh Todd yeah, Weber if he's listening he's attended sometimes. those so maybe he could chime in and let us know okay um, but, but yeah this, it didn't work for this I, I agree it
1: did not work for TNT yeah I yeah. agree
0: so we have one more worst uh award to give and it's the worst wrestler of the year uh I don't see yours I'm I put just, the worst dude. Worst got. <laughs> So Who do you have? I don't, I don't seen him on the which list. Which is the same. I, I don't see it.
1: But um, you want me to tell you, yeah, you, want me to tell you mine? Yeah, because
0: I don't see yours.
1: Okay. Uh, that whole, like, that whole combination of the fighters trying to wrestle. Maybe I'm picking on them because they're not actual. They're, they're not trained professional wrestlers. But try to drag them out over and over again to try to have matches like Andre Orlovsky and Junior Dos Santos. And they just look lost. Yeah. And it's like, why are we even doing this? You know, I, I, just, I just didn't enjoy any of that, like at all. And to find a worse wrestler in AEW, I mean. If I really had to be mean, I'd probably say Billy
0: Gunn. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is one. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of. I I think mine is a good choice. Uh, Mine is one who's not there anymore. I went with Luke Gallows. I think Luke Gallows sucks. I think he's so bad in everything he does.
1: That was a a borrowed uh, asset anyway from Impact. Exactly, yeah. That's Impact's fault.
0: Right. I agree. But he was a guy who just, he didn't add anything, if anything, he took away. I think both good choices. At least with America's top team, they have the excuse of not being trained or not having experience. Luke Giles has been around for, like, over a decade at this point, and he's not getting any better. Like, dude sucks. He's just tall. (laughs) Yeah. So...
1: And I I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to think of some other ones. It's it's hard it's really hard to say, you know, a lot of the wrestlers are pretty well rounded. It's yeah. like they've got a good system in place where they can sniff out bad matches, yeah. you know. If I if uh, I, even if I were, had another even one, Warloen Heger, they yeah. about faced after that one. They never did that again. I
0: think if I were to pick another one, I'd probably go with Red Velvet just cuz I think she's really 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 sloppy. Uh, to the point where sometimes I think she's gonna hurt herself or someone else when she's in the ring.
1: J Cargill, J Cargill, in terms of just wrestling in general, just yeah, she's still, she's still it's still rough. Yeah, it's I still agree. rough. Like I mean... she's she's got decent moves, but I mean, ugh. like her look is fantastic. It's right. just the like, the wrestling's not there. But Red Velvet. Like, her whole idea is like, oh, I'm small, but I'm quick, and I can do finesse things. And she's – dude, she's so sloppy. Yeah. So sloppy.
0: She's going to fall on her head one day and, and really hurt herself, and it's scary. So mm-hmm. But, yeah, those are our rewards our, our for the end of the year. Uh, one other thing we went tonight – now, normally we go over um, weekly results and stuff like that. We'll just hit a couple things just because we we're having some audio and – uh, internet issues. So we'll just kind of hit real quick. But we we wanted to come up with a bold prediction for 2022 that we think something will happen with AEW. I like yours. I'll give you mine first. Andrew, my bold prediction and I, my prediction is actually Brian Cage specifically is I think we're going to see someone leave AEW for WWE in 2022. I think the doors will kind of swing open the other way, and we'll start to see some people leave AEW and head back to, to the Federation. And I think Brian Cage is uh, a good choice to be the first one out the door. In fact, Yeah, think- another one who actually just left. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I said, in fact, I think I read a rumor that it's a possibility already. Uh, just a couple days ago. So,
1: okay. So one that one that is also possible is Big Swall. Big Swall left
0: yep. AEW. Yep. yep.
1: And yeah. For those who didn't know who she was, that was a, um, a a women's wrestler. She's also, I think, dating Cedric Alexander, who works at WWE. Yep. Not saying that bedfellows are just you're all automatically going to go to uh, WWE because they're 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 together, uh, but you know the thing is like. Yeah, like, you build yourself as an asset by being on television, so people know who you are, and that's really all WWE's worried about. They're worried about your Q your rating and how noticeable you, you are, and then there's that whole part, once you actually get on the main roster of, like, your look, does Vince like you, does Bruce Prichard like you, does Nick Khan think that you're going to fit well? Yep. It's, um, it, you know, it, there's a whole another politic behind it, but... Before that, you have to get through the door, and getting through the door, like, the, I know that they're making a lot out of the fact that we're not looking for the indies anymore. We're not looking for...
0: Yeah, we want athletes.
1: Um, also, rand. we're looking
0: for, yeah. We
1: want athletes, we want former football players, we want MMA people, we want people of different cultures so that we can reach different demos and audiences and stuff and stuff. However, like, what if John Moxley just all of a sudden left AEW and said, you know what, I'll go back to WWE. <laughs> right. They would sign him in heartbeat. Yeah. I'm just. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, what if it did? Yep. Like, it would just be so. Like, of course you, you'd be an idiot to sign him. Exactly. If he was willing to go there. Exactly. You know. Uh, you know, money, money does a lot of things for you. Kevin Owens re-signed with um, the WWE, and yeah. good for him. Get yep. your money. Get paid. You know. Man. But if you get a push with it and a title run, great to go with it. My guess is it won't bear the fruit that he thinks it will. Uh, but that's just, that's just my opinion of WWE because they're born to break promises. (laughs) But look, if you can make a ton of money in the process, good for you. And yeah, I I think you make a, I think that's a really good prediction. I think that will be, I think that's the prediction that's more likely to come true. Uh, that there, there's going to be AEW talents that we know of that are going to go there. I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of chatter because mjf plays into the angle
0: yeah that
1: he's going to be a free agent in 2024 and he might go back to he might go to wwe and create a bidding war uh but when it becomes kayfabe
0: like is it really a bidding war
1: <laughs> like, right exactly you, know, you wonder if it's just a storyline yeah exactly
0: so uh how about your big prediction you told me before we went on the air i think it's a good one
1: um um, I think they're going to do a steam show. I don't know where, uh, I was actually talking to Steve Willie about it because I was asking about Wrigley Field because mm. they do so well in Chicago yeah, and I was do. thinking, no, does Wrigley, is Wrigley Field optimal for wrestling? And he, he was telling me if they put it in center field, maybe, um, and then, um, and then I was thinking about Soldier Field. I think that they, they can do a stadium show even bigger than Queens where they can get 30 to 40,000 people. Yeah. Like, I think they want to do something on the level of what WWE did for SummerSlam in Las Vegas. And double or nothing is in Las Vegas. It's going to be in the MGM Grand, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see them either going for a super show on TBS or a special, which they're still doing on TNT because they got Battle of the Belts coming up mm-hmm. in Charlotte. Um, there, they can. I can see them putting together a special show with a big main event. I can't even think up. I can't even think up one. But I'm sure they got a few up there, uh, up their sleeve, where. They can probably get thirty. They can make this like a uh, de- a destination event for all wrestling fans, and it will be like a thirty to forty thousand uh, tickets sold type of event. I could see it happening. I think if they be can awesome. sell out the United, Center, if they can sell out the United, punk, I I think they could do thirty thousand. I think they could pull it off. Right,
0: and not even fully advertising unless you C. have doubts. Yeah, not even advertising punk, but just the 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 rumor of punk, you know, <laughs> sold it out, you know, right. So, uh, and, and we've seen with the Forbidden Door that they are willing, more than willing to work with other companies. So, you know, if it means bringing in an Okada or, you know, guys anywhere really but WWE, uh, I think that, I think they'd be willing to put chips on the table to make something like that happen. And that's what I, I think I love about AEW and, is that they take and risks. There's,
1: there's one, there's, there's two I'm thinking of and it de- but it depends on how they advertise and how they get there. Uh Kenny Danielson rematch? Uh-huh. Danielson versus Punk.
0: Yep. That's the, one of the those are the that two that would
1: headline of. and get about 30 to 40. That could get 30,000 in a stadium, I think.
0: Well, I think you could do Would it
1: fill up the bowl? No, it wouldn't. But yeah. it would get close.
0: I think you do the Kenny Danielson rematch and then maybe Punk Angman as the as the second. I mean, those two. And, I mean, we haven't really talked about the shows yet, but if we have Well, I guess if, if we do Kenny Danielson rematch but something with the bucks and Kenny versus the undisputed era something like that you know there's a lot of right stuff blood, that we do, still have two blood and it. guts yeah 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 so right but it should be fun uh I I think 21 21 will be hard to top in terms of quality from them but I think that they look forward to the challenge and I'm looking forward to watching it happen let's uh talk quickly before we <laughs> disconnect it again <laughs> uh, about a couple Key points, and normally on our show we hit all the results and stuff like that. I just a little worried that we're going to lose connection again. So let's talk about a couple major things. Uh, this past time, <laughs> dy- yeah, this past dynamite, and then the rampage that airs tonight. The the day that our show drops uh, is the last uh, of the uh, dynamites and rampages for TBS. Uh, actually, rampage is staying on TNT. Correct? Or is that it- is correct? Yeah, uh,
1: T- uh, rampage will stay on TNT, and there's specials. Um, that air on Special Nights on TNT.
0: Right. So Dynamite is moving worry, to TBS. But Dynamite
1: yeah. is moving to TBS.
0: Which does give them like another Correct. million. Very funny. Another op- <laughs> yeah, it gives them an, an option of another million viewers. Like, I know it doesn't mean they're going to double in viewing audience, but TBS does reach almost a million more households. So, you know.
1: Yeah, because when you get the dish package or the direct... TNT. Yeah. You know, it's the time Warner, you know, and Time Warner had their outreach. I don't know where that how that works compared to like the networks or Fox News or ESPN or USA. Right. So I, I I didn't look at that, but I would say that they kind of come outable cuz TNT is is the NBA is one of the main NBA cable networks yeah. and a lot of people tune in just to watch that on cable. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good one. And also the West Coast schism where They were airing live on the West Coast because the NHL um, being on after Dynamite, what happened is that was moving the West Coast time to 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. instead of being moved to 7 p.m. on the West Coast on prime time, which would give them a better rating. When it got moved over to 5 p.m. because of the fact that the NHL was airing live on the West Coast, it hurt their rating a little bit. They don't have to worry about that anymore on TBS. So I, I got a feeling. That their rating is going to go up just a shade,
0: yeah, somewhere over a million. Yeah, even if it doesn't go up a whole lot, the fact they won't get bumped for hockey or basketball anymore, I think, is a net gain. You know, so
1: baseball still might happen though. Yeah, because of the league championship series being on TBS.
0: Yeah, but I think they'll take. Uh, so, I think they'll yeah, take a couple weeks out of the year versus you know three, four, five months. So, you know,
1: yeah, that's true. So, I
0: agree with that. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, notably, Cody has won the TNT title. Uh, I don't have a huge problem with that. My question is, did I mean, we have to consider Sammy's title reign sort of a nothing dud. Huh? Like, I mean, he didn't. It was a dud. Yeah. yeah he, he, it, it, I mean, they didn't do any. The only thing that was fun about Sammy Guevara is
1: that. It was sort of the Forbidden Door Championship. Everybody yeah. he wrestled, it was somebody we hadn't seen in the company before.
0: Yeah, the Jay Lethal So match it was like really Jay Lethal good. Yeah.
1: and Bobby Fish. Yeah, you know, like the, and he had some fun ones, like mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Page. He had a fun one with. Uh, so there was um he had some entertaining matches, but how memorable was it in comparison yeah. to like Miro and Darby Allen and even Cody's earlier reigns? Not really. Yeah, like I um I mean the a... most memorable ring. The one that'll be the most revered is Brody Lees. Right. You know, because because of what he represents. Right. But um mm-hmm. but the, like for the TNT title, this is probably the most forgettable reign that they had. had. I know think so too. I wonder what Cody will do with it here from here. This is his third time holding the belt, but he didn't hold the title for terribly long, mm-hmm. I think. Both times. I think he had the belt for a couple months. Um when he before he lost it to Brody, and then when he beat Brody to win it back, he only had it for a month, and then he dropped it to Darby. Mm-hmm. So I want to see where he goes with this one. This one might be a little different, yeah. where he sort of like clutches pearls.
0: <laughs> hey. uh, let's quickly go through some show notes. Uh, we got a couple rampages, a couple dynamites. We won't go match by match or segment by. I will say this: over the last couple weeks, if you're a fan of like trios and multi-man tag matches, this has been your sweet spot. It feels like there are so many trios matches and tag matches the last couple weeks that were all really fun and delivered in a, in a big way like there's a lot of fun trios matches. That, Usually with the best friends yeah. Yeah, yeah the best friends with Trent coming back have really gotten back into some TV matches. There's a really good TV match that kicked off Dynamite the one before Christmas with um, Adam Bull and Orange Cassidy it was a really really good match I thought. Uh
1: Yes, that was the holiday, bitch. Yeah. that was that was a really good, and the main event was Star Studded, it was CM Punk, yep. Sting, and Darby Allin oh. against MJF and FTR. CM
0: Punk's face paint, where, er, er, where sorry. Punk comes out with Sting yes. face paint. Sting's face paint yeah. with the Punk gloves, oh, so freaking cool so cool sting is awesome dude and it
1: got a really good rating
0: yeah it It was the
1: first dynamite to go above a million since like october
0: wow so and you'd think like this time of year that the ratings might be down because of the holidays and stuff like that but maybe maybe everybody's got covid so they're quarantining for 10 days so they gotta watch tv (laughs) and also the bowl games are all get all the contests
1: all the sporting events canceled right postponed so it's like oh i guess we got nothing else yeah. No, cha- no real world world rules challenge this time. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's like. But we're also ramping up for, you know, the thing about the t- the timing of the TBS, um, the introduction to Dynamite on TBS is that, um, you know, WWE's gearing up for day one, yeah. and then right at the Royal Rumble. So, we talked about this with wrestling seasons for fans. Not necessarily that WWE's always controlled the way that wrestling fans think. It's just that we've always been accustomed to this idea that once we get into the new year, you know, WrestleMania's is around the corner mm-hmm. and things start to really pick up steam. Yep. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case with AEW, but they are so constantly... Like going tit for tat with one another on certain things, that it always feels like something's going on. So you got to think that they got something up their sleeve for the debut on TBS in Newark, New Jersey. Like yeah. there's got to be something. Gonna I agree. I, they, agree. I mean, they got Hangman Page versus Brian Daniels in a rematch. Well, I think there's so. something interesting. We'll I,
0: I think this isn't really major, 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 but I think we might really start to see the movement in the Wardlow uh turn i think wardlow is worth talking about now like the crowd's really starting to take to him with the symphony of power bombs uh and then there was a little thing where okay tell me if i'm saying it wrong but essentially wardlow had to win a tnt title shot and then he was told he needs to win it and give it to mjf correct something like that yes so
1: there's a um there's a ladder match called there's a ladder match called the Face of Revolution ladder match. Yeah, I know MJF said it's super quick, yeah. but basic, Scorpio Sky had won it last time, and if you win it, you get a shot at the TNT Championship. So he wants Wardlow to be in the ladder match for Revolution and win it because if he wins it, he is contractually obligated to give it to MJF.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: As explained by Smart Mark Sterling.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and Wardlow does not seem happy with it, so I think that's worth mentioning because this is something that's been going for for weeks, just a slow burn with Wardlow being fed up, and this yep. this is a perfect opportunity.
1: And meanwhile, and meanwhile, and meanwhile, to go back to the trios talk, CM Punk and MJF never touched that match. Yep. So so brilliant. That's not over. Yeah. You know we're going to get back to that point, point. and uh, so. Kyle O'Reilly pops up. Yeah, we haven't in mentioned the, Kyle uh, O'Reilly. Match about Cole. And Good lord! So the, he shows up. He's sort of like he he has issues with Cole, which is kind of weird and meta because that sort of plays into the rivalry that they had when they finished up at NXT uh, on WWE. So that was kind of weird, but they sort of it was smart enough to patch up and say, you know, me, you know, Adam, we've had problems talking about Kyle O'Reilly, but. If we work together, you and Bobby, we can be a, as big a force as a super click. Yeah. And so, he teams up. Uh, excuse me. With um, he teams up with um, uh, uh, Cole and Fish, and they come and they they merge together as the non official undisputed era. I I did hear, I did hear Kyle O'Reilly say to him in the promo. We are the Paragon of professional wrestling. So I wonder if that's the new name, the okay. Paragon. Yeah. I don't know what Paragon actually means.
0: But uh, I know Chris Jericho <laughs> Paragon of Virtue. But they,
1: <laughs> but they team up in a trio, and they and they face Orange Cassidy, Trent, and Chuck Taylor, yeah. best friends. Fucking awesome match. Yeah. Like I mean, this is a Daily's place in front of the crowd, and they had the crowd going, 15 minutes, tons of fun loved it they also uh teased some miscommunication between o'reilly and and cole that might lead to some issues between the bucks and cutler and all those clowns mm-hmm. and uh and o'reilly fish red dragon which they're going by now so um dude another tag dude i'll say this about the young bucks when they introduced AEW from the jump they said we're bringing tag team wrestling back they did yep. they did like every time i watch AEW <laughs> – There's at least one awesome tag team match every week on that show.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Uh, And it's kind of clear where they're headed there is that Adam's kind of a man separated with allegiances because the Bucks and Red Dragon don't really like each other. Adam's in the middle. And I think it's kind of clear that, you know, sometimes the story being clear doesn't mean it's a bad story. But Adam's going to side with Red Dragon and Kenny's going to come back with the Bucks. That makes the most sense. You know, um, but you know, the Bucks get involved in that match, and Adam Cole and the Bucks are angry, whereas Red Dragons just celebrating the win without Adam. So chapter one is, you know, developing still. We're still in chapter one of this story. So, um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened the past couple weeks. Uh, normally we go way into way into detail on it, but since it's our year end and we spent more time on the year as a whole rather than the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, the the year-end stuff, right? Yeah. I think I would just yeah. say,
0: if you're looking for the last two weeks, for me, my pick would be check out Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy, the singles match. I thought that was really, really awesome. And then the Sting-Darby-Punk trios match uh, are, I think, probably the two best matches of the past couple of weeks. Uh, honorable mention goes to Thunder Rosa's Wolverine and Spring Gear with the claws. I thought that was really, really cool. <laughs> Which Thunder Rosa lost, really cool. by the way. It was because, just a... Sh- yeah. Thunder
1: Rose losing stunned me. Yeah, like I, I was like, okay, I guess yeah. we're I guess we're really pumping, we're pumping it up on Jade Cargill. Yeah. So Jade is now in the finals of the TBS Championship. Yep. And she is gonna face Ruby Soho, who beat Nyla Rose. So that will be the the winner between Ruby Soho and Jade Cargill will be the inaugural TBS Champion, which will be crowned. I'm pretty sure on this coming Dynamite on Wednesday on TBS. Right. So that'll be something to look forward to. Um, I, I mean, I, I already mentioned the trios match between uh, Cole Fish and O'Reilly against the Best Friends. I really love that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, another, another one that I kind of liked, and it's really sneaky. Uh, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss had a no-rules match on Dark in Orlando. Mm. That was actually really fun. And the final spot, Joey Janela beat him, beat uh, Sonny. Uh, Joey puts Sonny in a pile driver through a table off the stage.
0: On <laughs> <dark>. I mean <laughs>
1: crazy crazy finish. <laughs> on dark and Joey bleeds. Wow.
0: <laughs> like
1: it's just a cr- crazy match. That was on the the December 20th episode of Dark. Okay. So for those who want to watch just a super random thing and also Tune into the Rampage tag match between—I can't believe I'm saying this—Penelope <laughs> Ford and the button and Anna Jay and because right. I think you're going to see something you would have never ever expected. Right?
0: Yeah, it's going to be—we uh, won't give away too much, but it's a lot more violent than you'd anticipate. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, but it was a—it was a fairly team. It was fairly team in terms of like also even, even Cody and Sammy had a pretty nice match. I don't think it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Good. It it was it didn't have it didn't feel as it didn't feel as inventful as when Sammy won it off a of Miro. I'll yeah, say
0: that. I agree with that. Yeah, I thought Sammy's win over Miro was a little bit surprising but also like a big, nice moment, whereas Cody winning just kind of was like, hmm. And I think that speaks yeah. and I don't even people will blame that on Cody. I think it's more on Sammy's reign being kind of just a non issue, like, Okay, so what, he beat Sammy Guevara. Am I supposed to boo him? Like Sammy wasn't doing anything, no, so uh, we also oh, something else we didn't even mention is Chris Jericho's back on TV. I guess maybe because his concert tour got cut short because of the hospital thing, but Jericho's back on TV. <laughs> you know, like in feud with yeah Eddie he's Kingston.
1: um yeah he's kind of like doing this kind of going off thing with Eddie Kingston where they're baby faces, but Eddie takes offense to Jericho, yeah. so they they bump heads all the time but they're trying to help each other it's you know and and the ones who and the flies in the ointment are sort of causing them to always come back together are daniel 2.0 right and um so that that's been kind of fun um it's
0: not a match uh, i'm really looking forward to though you know like
1: ricky starks wants vengeance back on uh, dante martin for turning on him uh there's uh, uh, jim came back from his cancer treatment he announced he's cancer free god bless him he's um He's back in the fold uh when he came back from New Year's Smash. Um Um Uh uh the only other weird ones like Brandy Rhodes wrestled, uh Anthony Agogo, who we had mentioned in our uh year ends. Uh he is he's wrestling again and I actually saw him use the Tower of London. And for those who don't remember, oh, that wow. was nine that was one of Nigel McGuinness's movies. Yeah. Um where he it's it's like a it's like a uh ace crusher but you hang mm-hmm top rope and it's one of those ones where i could tell i can understand why they didn't want anthony agogo to start like using that move immediately because if you hit it wrong you could hurt the guy really badly right (laughs) so you gotta or or if you don't like if you don't use it right like it can look stupid you know so so i he 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 hit it pretty nicely so Basically Anthony Agogo's getting some more wrestling in instead of just like, oh, I'm going to punch you in the kidney and you're going to go down in a heap. Right. So. Okay. Um yeah. just just uh, and also we're also gearing up for Hangman Page and Brian Danielson uh to do title you think the, the title you think the title is going to change hands?
0: No, I don't think so. I I I I, th- I think you can make a case for it because Brian is uh the hot hand, but I think there's so much invested in the build of Hangman Page and I think I think he vanquishes him.
1: Yeah. And the only other one is is that the Owen Hart Cup will yeah. be a men's and women's singles tournament and the finals will be a double or nothing. Yep. So that was announced.
0: So that could be kind of fun too. So. Nice way to get maybe an undercard guy And I I do like, again, a a complaint we've had since the show started is they didn't feature women other than Britt Baker enough. And I think they've rectified that with the title tournament and now another single tournament. It's a way to get these other women some shine. And I think it's working exactly how it needed to. Some of these other women are becoming their own characters and the crowd's starting to take to some of them. Britt Baker's still the biggest star, but now we're getting to a point where there's people who are somewhat on her level and she can... Be in some feuds where she could believably lose, and the crowd's not going to crap all over it. So that's always a good thing.
1: That was one of the um, that was one of the uh, bold predictions I was thinking about. and I changed my mind. I thought they were going to do an all women show.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, but
1: I, I I I thought about it and said, you know, if they added a couple of names, and I hate to, that per- <laughs> we can pluck. But um, Tony Storm quit the WWE. Yep.
0: Out yep. of nowhere. Yep.
1: So that is really like. That's a that's a ball drop right there. That's one where it's like really like you screwed up on Tony Storm. Like how? Yeah. It's just it just shows it just goes to show like man how many mistakes can you keep making and just not feel the feel the consequences. That's all I have to say about that. I agree. Yeah.
0: Well, Andrew, uh, I want to thank you for sticking with me through nine episodes, uh, COVID and all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We made it through uh, our first. year even though i've been here for a full year i'm looking forward to 2022 i'm looking forward to aw and i'm looking forward to doing this show with you Uh, it's a lot of fun uh we hope that the our listeners enjoy it as much as we do uh basically we're just two guys that get on and like to talk about stuff that we like so um we're always welcome to feedback and ideas and stuff like that we'll be back in a couple weeks and And, we'll be back to our normal format would you agree right yeah
1: oh yeah and aw is not perfect Oh, like, no. there's things that – I I love bitching about AEW. Like, I mean, I don't hate watch it, but there are some moments where I'm like, man, that was not done well. <laughs> there's definitely some matches <laughs> where just,
0: I, I, I watch it because of the podcast. <laughs> Let's just
1: say that. <laughs> but it is fun and therapeutic sometimes where I'm like, yeah, like, it's good to talk through some of the bad stuff. Sure. You know, but, but like I said before, and I'm going to go back to it, it's like – it's when it really pays off, where it's like, man, it was all worth it. Yeah, you know. And I feel like a lot of the work that we had put in, watching it, recapping it, putting notes down, I feel like a lot of the work has come through. And it's been a really enjoyable year for AEW. Yeah. I really I think they, I really think that they, um, they put all the they put a lot of their cards on the on the table. They yeah. they. This is the year where I really. You, they didn't plant their flag, but it's a. I don't want to. I don't want to be that like symbolic, but it was a situation where it was like, "We are not going anywhere."
0: Right. You, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how 2022, how things shake out, and where we go. Page, and I mean, there's so many guys I'm interested in. So there's my alarm to take my medicine. <laughs> so that's a perfect time <laughs> to uh, to to call it a show. Well, so okay. I guess.
1: It tops the COVID away. Yeah, right,
0: exactly. Yeah, by the time we're back, uh, it should be the two of us and not me, you, and my virus. So, <laughs> but yeah, for Andrew Rich, for me and my COVID-ridden body, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks.